This is the Thrive Podcast with Shiloh Missionary Baptist Church. And now, Pastor Fred Jeff Smith. Hello, welcome to the Thrive Podcast with the Shiloh Missionary Baptist Church. I believe this is episode number 14 of the Thrive Podcast, and we thank those of you who have been listening and or viewing. Uh, we are on iTunes and we are on YouTube, so you can get us one way or the other, and we thank you for sharing with us uh, at this time. I'm very happy today to welcome back, and I was just saying to him that he is the first guest that we have had who is making a return visit to us. Pastor Dale Flowers, pastor of the New Sunlight Baptist Church of our city, pastor of the Redwood Baptist Church of Zachary, Louisiana, and past, uh, the uh, director of the Baptist Student Center at Southern University. Pastor Flowers, welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. It's, it's great to be back. Great to be back. I wanted to bring you back specifically. Well, first of all, I enjoyed the conversation conversation that we had last time, but specifically, Always. we're getting uh, closer to uh, the tax election that's yes. coming up, and I know that this is an issue that is close to your heart. It's an issue that you've been working it is. Uh, uh, like a slave uh, yes. yeah. to try <laughs> to get information out into the public. Uh, for those who are listening and, and are viewing and are not aware, Baton Rouge is being asked uh, to renew uh, school taxes uh, on April 28th. Uh, a penny tax that is divided into three separate propositions, and we're being asked to renew uh, a tax for the Baton Rouge Police Department. And in that, Pastor Flowers has been working so diligently, uh, both as a pastor and as the president of the McKinley High School Alumni Association, with regard to these taxes, I thought it would be good to have him back and that we could uh, have a discussion as to where we are with regard to these taxes matter. So just laying it right out there. Uh, the, the, the school tax measure is in three separate propositions. It's a penny tax divided three ways. One having to do with facilities, one having to do with discipline and truancy, mm-hmm. one having to do with a pay raise. That's correct. Please share with me your views on each one of them, please. And take yes, your time. Sir. Explain well, well, as you again, like. Again, and thank you for having us uh, again. Uh, you know, our conversations are great on or off camera. Yes, sir. Uh, so thank you. Um, you. You're right. Three propositions. Uh, on the first proposition that deals with facilities, uh, that money will be used to build and renovate new schools across our parish. Um, I'm not certain of the exact amount, uh, but I think it's close to $400 million, somewhere around 377 I think it is. Uh, and that's a proposition that uh, we're not supporting uh, as the alumni of McKinley High School, as the South Baton Rouge community uh, that we're speaking for, that mm-hmm. we've spoken to. Uh, it just does not add up one for McKinley itself because what is allotted is $35 million to renovate McKinley High School. This renovation includes uh, tearing down the Buchanan High School, which is uh, right next to McKinley High School, and using that property to build a 7th, 8th, and ninth grade facility. Uh, And then they'll renovate the current school, which will at that time will become 10th, 11th, and 12th grade. So you'll have six grades, one campus, and that'll be the the new McKinley High School. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're going to take that Buchanan property, 
Uh, they're going to move that school to where University Terrace is now. They're going to tear down the old University Terrace, build a new elementary school there, and that school will house the students from Buchanan as well as the University Terrace. Uh, and, and we think that that, that is uh, a, a, a good idea. Mm -hmm. uh, so we will have schools at that time from pre-K where you can remain in South Baton Rouge as a resident from pre-K all the way to Ph.D., and never have to leave home in that South Baton Rouge right. community. So that's a great idea. We just don't think that the money is properly allocated for the high school. Okay. Uh, in the past, uh, and, and I went back and looked at this because what I kept hearing our superintendent, Dr. Drake, say is that they've always come under budget on, the, on every project. And we look at the last two high schools built in the city of Baton Rouge under the tax plan that we're currently under. Right. Uh, Lee High School, uh, over $50 million. Baton Rouge High School, over $50 million. I think they're around 53, 54, like that apiece. So I went back and I looked at the old plan. And both of those schools, Lehigh was budgeted for $58 million. Baton Rouge High was budgeted for $56 million. So right. he's right. They came under plan, but the budget was so much larger. Yes. And our question is, you know, how can we say that we're going to build a state-of-the-art high school at McKinley uh, for a budget of $35 million when we couldn't do it at either Baton Rouge High or Lehigh. Right. And it's not a knock against either either of those schools. We think that those schools are, are outstanding. Uh, their facilities are great. Right. Uh, we're just asking that we receive the same thing at McKinley High School. Right. Uh, we've spoken with the superintendent. We've spoken with uh, some of his assistants. We've spoken with the, the attorney for the school board. Mm -hmm. uh, and they great conversations you know there's there's nothing lacking in our conversation but every meeting we leave nothing changes right so uh we voiced our concerns uh they have not agreed to adopt any of our concerns so now we're gonna uh voice our concerns through our vote and we're voting no on proposition one mm -hmm. no proposition one proposition two as you said truancy discipline we're voting yes on that and of course teachers pay num number three we're voting yes on that because okay. We believe that our teachers aren't being paid enough as is. Uh, so, of course, we're, we're going to support that. And, and we are vociferously, you know, making sure that people know we're supporting two, we're supporting three, and we're opposing one. We want to leave, leave no, no doubt as to the fact that we're supporting two and three. So we, we've had these conversations with the school board representatives, both the superintendent, uh, mm -hmm. the attorney, uh, uh, various school board uh, members yes. themselves, as well as, I'm sure, administrators and what have you. Correct. When you have voiced your concern, you individually and the Alumni Association and others that you have been with, what has been the general response to your concerns? Um, well, honestly, they can't answer our questions, which which is what this all boils down to. Mm -hmm. If you can answer questions and the the answers uh, make sense, we can move forward. This isn't something that we want to do, right? But we're being forced into it. We're asking simple questions. Okay, what did it cost you to build an auditorium at these other high schools? Give us that, and then we can say, okay, well that makes sense. It's what it's going to cost at McKinley. What does it cost you to build a? a, a TV studio at Lehigh School or a photography studio. Give us these numbers so then we can say, okay, well, if it was done there at this amount, why are you now budgeting this amount for McKinley? And those right. are questions that they just 
refuse to answer. They dance around them and give us half answers. And then when we come back and we ask the question again, it's answered in a different way. We're, we're just not getting uh, consistent answers uh, that, that would even— Is there an actual plan for what McKinley will look like? I, I, I have been told— that there is no plan for McKinley. Correct. We have we have been given artist renderings of, of of a perception of what McKinley will correct. look like. Correct. But but if I'm correct, there there is no actual plan there for is, building McKinley High School. There, there's nothing there. So then I'm left to ask the next question, which is how can you say it's going to cost X amount of dollars <laughs> if you don't have a plan? That's our questions. I mean, those are the questions that we're asking and we're not getting answers to. The answers are not adequate. Again, um, you're going to allot $35 million. And then the other thing is uh, this school won't be built until five years from now. Right. So you're saying that you projected $58 million for one school, $56 million for another school 10 years ago. And now, 10 years later, you're projecting $35 million for a school that won't be built until five years from now. And $35 million today isn't going to—well, $35 million five years from now is not going to do what $35 million would do today. Not. So, I mean, all, all these questions—and I think they're used to us not asking questions. Mm -hmm. They're used to us just kind of going along. They present it and say, hey, guys, this is what we need. And we've done that for far too long, and I think that's why we're in, we're in the shape that we're in. <laughs> And, and and this tax renewal is the fourth, if I'm not mistaken, that is correct. the fourth time it, it, it was initiated, and then it's been renewed three That's previous right. times. That's right, five years uh, twice, so, and this will be the second so, ten year. So we're we're being asked to renew a tax uh, that that has been previously accepted. Uh, I don't remember them having this kind of push, them being the school board, yes. having this kind of pushback yes. on the tax renewal in, in, in these previous uh, uh, experiences. Yes. So this is a, an entirely new thing. To what do you attribute the, 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 the pushback this time? I think people are waking up across this parish. Uh, and not only is McKinley uh, alumni against this, you've got over in North Baton Rouge quite a few groups that, that are against this proposal. Uh, the Capital High School Alumni Association uh, has voted not to uh, support propositions one and two. Right. Uh, and, of course, they're supporting three. Uh, Lehigh alum are, are not supporting Proposition 1. They're supporting two two and three. So and Lehigh School alum. I, I'm, I'm bad. I'm bad. Um, Glen Oaks. Glen Oaks. Okay. I don't know why I said Lee. It's on my mind. <laughs> Glen Oaks. Okay. Glen Oaks High School. Glen Oaks High School. They're, they're opposing one and two. Okay. Excuse me. They're opposing one. I'll get it straight. They're opposing one. And they're supporting two and three. Okay. If I'm not mistaken, again, uh, of this 51% of this penny mm -hmm. that's being dedicated to facilities expansion and technology, only 15% of those dollars are designated to schools in what we now classify North. as North Baton Rouge yes. over a 10-year period. Of yes. So, so over the next decade, yes, we're only going to dedicate. 15% of these dollars you to anything in it. North Baton Rouge. Anything north 85% is being south dedicated Florida, to Florida, south. Florida. Yes. And 80 million of that is going to a part of South Baton Rouge that is unnamed at this time because they've written it up uh, as somewhere 
in the southeastern part of the parish. Uh, $10 million is dedicated to buy land somewhere mm-hmm. in the southeastern part of the parish. $25 million is going to be dedicated to an elementary school somewhere in the southeastern part of the parish. <laughs> and $45 million is dedicated to build a, I think, middle to high school somewhere in the southeastern part of the parish. Yeah, now, on, on, on this subject, I'm a little bit familiar. <laughs> I, I won't play the game as if I don't know. Yeah. I, I was I was at the meeting the, that, that uh, we were invited to, clergy was invited to, yes. uh, with regard to the tax. And uh, the superintendent, when he got to this portion of, of his presentation, uh, I personally asked yes, she did. the question. I was there. Uh, uh, there. There's $10 million set aside in year one to purchase land. And and my concern is, are we talking about purchasing land that would ultimately be in the footprint of the proposed St. George community? And I was assured uh, publicly that's not going to happen. We're we're not going to buy anything that will be a part of St. George. But Hmm. you will not say specifically Where? where it's going to go. Yes, In fact, what the superintendent said was, we're looking seriously at using the old Arlington <laughs> property. To yes, which sir. my question, I didn't ask the question, but but in my mind, why do you need $10 million mm-hmm. to buy you already own if you already own yes, the sir. land? Yes, sir. That makes very little sense. Those are the kind of answers that we're getting. Yeah. Those are the kind of answers to our question that just don't make sense. They just don't. I mean, and I was in a meeting Monday, uh, and this came up again. Uh, and this soup, this rep, this representative from the school board, readily admitted that it's going to South uh, to St. George. And his response was, "Well, they pay taxes too." Yeah, but they're trying to break away from the city of Baton Rouge. Yeah. So why would we spend $80 million to a part of the town that does not want to be a part of the city of Baton Rouge without at least getting something in writing, get, getting something documented that says if you become your own city with your own school district, you're going to have to pay for these schools yes. or you're not going to receive this $90 million. Had that been done, there's nothing against schools in that area if they are indeed needed. Sure. But if you're breaking away to, to become your own city, why are we giving $90 million, excuse me, $80 million to a section of town yeah. that does not want to be a part of this city? I saw this happen with Baker. I that, saw this happen it. with Central. I so saw why? this happen with Zachary. I don't see why we should just why? fall into this trap. The same thing. Again with St. It's happened to us three times, yeah. and we are going in with our eyes wide open, yeah. and it's going to happen again. It, it, I mean, these things that have gone on just don't make sense. No. None. Well, at this point, we, we are about a week out. By the time this Correct. airs, we will be within a week of, of the actual election. That's the 28th uh, of this month. Uh, so... What are your efforts uh, to inform your community as to your position? Well, I appreciate you for having me on here. This is one of the avenues that that we've used. Uh, We've been interviewed on Channel 2. We've we've been interviewed in The Advocate. As a matter of fact, there was an article in The Advocate just on yesterday. uh, And uh, our superintendent made the comment that he asked an architect, and the architect told him, that $35 million was above ground at Lehigh School, which means, and he said, the rest of that money was used to move the ground around, 
uh, move dirt around, there was a swale somewhere, and to put utilities in the ground. You put $20 million of our taxpayer, uh, $20 million of our tax funds in the ground? Right. Where else are you doing that? I mean, that's fiscally irresponsible, but he said he had to ask the architect. You don't know? Yeah. I mean, those, 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 when, when we listen, the more we hear, and I'm going off now. Uh, no. We're, we're, we're also. You're making sense. Oh, <laughs> we're, we're, we're also, um, I was on uh, Perspective, which is the NAACP radio show that airs on Tuesday, 106.1. We were there uh, getting information out. And we're, we're out in the community. It's very grassroots. We don't have a lot of money. Uh, we recognize that our school board is using our tax dollars to you know, right. campaign uh, for this. So we're grassroots. We're, we're on the ground. We're knocking on doors. We've got a few signs. We're putting those signs out. Uh, on tomorrow, we're going to be gathered at, at the Alumni Center, which is Saturday. Uh, we'll be at the Alumni Center. We're going to be making phone calls. We're going to be out in the community uh, planting signs, talking to individuals, letting them know exactly why uh, we are doing what we're doing, what our uh, perspective is and why uh, we're going to be out this entire week, we're going to be out on corners throughout the city of Baton Rouge, uh, waving our signs, letting people know, uh, waving at folks, passing them out informational as to why uh, we are not supporting one and why we are supporting two and three. So all of these grassroots things are what we're doing. Uh, we're, we're just counting on the public to hear us and understand us. There are a lot of rumors out there about you know what we're doing and why we're doing it. Right. We want everybody to know that our concern is not only for McKinley. Now, I I'm not going to sit here and say that's not our number one priority. Sure. I'm a graduate of McKinley and sure. us alum. Yeah, we're concerned. Our history is historic. Our, our history is, is successful. Right. We want to make sure that our future is just as successful and right. just as grand. So that's what this fight is about. But it's also about all of our students in this parish to make sure that every student in this parish uh, not only has the facilities, but the programs and the teachers uh, and the support staff to make them successful. Yeah. And you, it's time you for us been, to say, time out, stop. Now let's move forward. You have been attacked personally <laughs> yes. uh, uh, as being a, a one issue yes, sir. individual. Yes, sir. Would you like to respond to that? Well, yeah, I, I was attacked uh, along those lines, and, and this issue is of extreme importance to me. Uh, now, I'm out in our community every day, all day, uh, fighting for those uh, who have to deal with police brutality, fighting with those who have to deal with poverty, uh, fighting with those who have to deal with substandard housing, uh, fighting for those who are dealing with crime, dealing with drugs, dealing with all of these ills that affect our community. Now, because this one has put me out front right. as far as media goes, uh, this issue is important, but I believe that the city of Baton Rouge uh, should work best for all of our citizens. Absolutely. And that's where I stand. People should know that you are a leading voice in this community for social justice across all fronts and not simply uh, the school tax. And I don't say simply to diminish the yes, importance it's, of the school it's, tax. It's important. I'll say this. Uh, I've already voted. I, I voted early. And uh, I am urging every person of every color, of every hue who, is, who is able to vote, to vote. Please. I particularly urge African-Americans to vote. For, yes. for everybody else, it's a right. 
for African Americans, <laughs> it's a responsibility. That's right. Uh, people bled and died to ensure yes. that we had the yes. right to vote. And I've, I've said uh, many times, I don't care if it's for dog catcher, I don't care if it's for President of the United States, whatever the issue is, if there's an election, I'm, I'm going to there. make sure that my voice uh, is heard. So I'm urging everyone to vote. I'm urging everyone to become informed, uh, to read, to deliberate, yes. to discuss, to yes. investigate, to ask appropriate questions, and then to motivate most assuredly vote. Uh, but I've already voted. And and my vote has ha, has been uh, or was against Proposition 1, uh, four Propositions 2 and yes. 3. And uh, my, my, my reasoning was simple. If you can't assure me that uh, we're not going to be spending upwards of $80 million dollars in an area that will ultimately become St. George, yes. because I do believe that St. George will become a reality. Yeah. If not this time right. around, then Eventually. the yeah. next time yeah. around. If you can't assure me that the East Baton Rouge Parish School System is is not going to devote $80 million uh, to an area that will ultimately become St. George. I agree. And if you cannot more evenly uh, disseminate these monies between North and South mm -hmm. uh, Baton Rouge or North and South northern and southern parts of the parish yes. where the northern part of the parish is only receiving 15% of these dollars then for those reasons in addition to concerns about McKinley High School yes. I just I, I'm not satisfied with uh, voting yes on Proposition 1 and so I, I did not uh, I do believe that truancy uh, and other areas of discipline need Correct. to be addressed yes. uh, and so I support that and I certainly believe that every teacher every yes. school system yes. worker yes. at every level deserves a pay raise yes. and so I did vote in favor of that let's assume that proposition one fails yes and uh, uh, the school system has to go back and uh, start again do you have any idea I know you're not a member of the school board mm -hmm. but do you have any idea what the timeline is as to when they can represent an it, idea it is my understanding according to uh, their attorney uh, and he said this publicly that they have to bring it back before the end of this year because of the way that it's worded uh, and the old tax will expire this year. Okay. So they've got from now until December okay. to bring this back before the public, and we're going to urge them to do that. We're, we're going to defeat Proposition 1. We want to sit down with them and have them really hear our voice. Let's talk about how we can be more equitable with this money, like you say, for North and South Baton Rouge, for mm -hmm. uh, all of our schools north of Florida Boulevard and our schools south of Florida Boulevard, because that's our Mason-Dixie line. So let's say whatever this amount is, how can we divide it up? How, how can we say 50%? Um, Let's put 50% over here, 50% over there, and then let's see which schools, you know, we can rebuild, which schools need to be renovated. And that's a more equitable route. Now, maybe you don't want to do that exactly, but we can start there, mm -hmm. and then we can negotiate. We shouldn't be starting at 15%. Right. Or I shouldn't say we shouldn't be ending at 15% because that's it. Right. If, if this tax passes, 15% is going to North Baton Rouge and 85% is going to South Baton Rouge, and $80 million of that is going somewhere 
in the southeastern part of the parish, yes. we have no idea yes. where it is. Yes. Even though we know it's St. George. Let, let, let's hypothesize just a little bit farther. Yes. If this proposition is defeated and the school board goes back and begins to rethink uh, what they will present to the community and they determine that it requires more than the the 51 percent of the penny yes uh and that they wanted to tack on an additional millage uh to that is that allowed under this system do you know i don't think it would be i think that would be just a separate tax because we've got to remember those first two parts will have passed right so all they're going to have left is that 51 percent now, if they want to try a new tax, and I think that's what they're kind of afraid of, mm -hmm. uh, I wouldn't have a problem devoting an entire penny, you know, to facilities and technology. Yes. But I think that would have to be a different tax. It couldn't come under this. But I, I think uh, an entire penny uh, to facilities and technology to make sure that our students are going to have uh, comfortable right. facilities, uh, uh, state-of-the-art facilities in which to be educated in, and the proper technology, uh, because again, we're we're in warp speed now when it comes to education, you know, and it's not just the, um, competing with the guy that goes to the, the rival high school. We're competing with students all over the world now. You yes. know, it's a universal challenge. So yes. I wouldn't have a penny, a, a problem with saying let's devote an entire penny if our school board is going to adequately uh, um, uh, dispense that money mm -hmm. across our parish. Okay. Okay. Let's flip uh, uh, to, to the other tax that's on yes. uh, the ballot on the 28th. And it is a 0.87 millage uh, for the Baton Rouge Police Department. Yes. Uh, the tax has been, it's being called a renewal uh, because it's been in place since 1958. Mm -hmm. But this is the first time that it has been brought before the people for yes. a vote. In previous uh, occurrences, uh, it has been uh, simply an administrative uh, matter that has been handled uh, by the government, and they have simply implemented the yes. tax. The Louisiana Legislative Tax Office uh, came back and said that you can't do that, that it has to be brought before the people. Mm -hmm. So $1.7 million is believed to be what is attached to this 0.87 millage per year. Correct. Uh, and that's $1.7 million out of a police department budget of $93 million. Mm -hmm. uh, I know that, that, that you're primary attention has been on the school tax. Yeah. But if you have any thoughts on the police tax, please share them with us also. Well, I, I, I think, again, the primary concern is the school tax, but I'm wondering why we hadn't heard more about this tax. I mean, you know, we, we know it's there, but it seems like our police department or, or whoever would have, you know, made sure that uh, this information was out there to the public and we knew exactly what we were voting on. I, I wish they had done that. I know it's, it's a small amount of their budget, mm -hmm. but the question is still, you know, we're, we're, we're going to give you a million dollars. Where's it going to go? What's it going to be used for? A million dollars it's per in year. Your budget. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> a million dollars per, per year. year. You're, you're not, right. It's not, it's not, you're right. It's, it's not one time. It, this, this is going to be in your budget. So where's that money going? Uh, what's it going to be used for? Uh, you know, to me, those questions should be answered uh, before we go to vote. But yeah. I, I guess they didn't think that was important. Um, I'm going to study a little bit more. 
Um, I, I certainly am a supporter of our police. Uh, I think uh, our new police chief, uh, uh, Paul, is doing a, a great job. Uh, he's hit the ground running. Um, but I'm, I'm going to have to study this one a little bit more uh, before I can say yay or nay. Uh, on, Once on again, that. I voted. Um, and, and I, too, am, am very supportive of the Baton Rouge Police Department, uh, despite the Alton Sterling situation yes. and, and like, similar, uh, like situations uh, that have taken place over the years. Uh, I, I, I support Baton Rouge Police. I believe in a strong Baton Rouge Police Department. I am very supportive of Chief Paul and yes. of Mayor Sharon Weston. Yes. Uh, however, I voted against uh, uh, the tax renewal. I can uh, understand. Uh, simple because no one has told me what the money mm -hmm. is for or how they plan to use it. And I have serious concerns about police reform. I've, yes. Ever since the Sterling uh, situation took place in 2016, I have been trying to voice my concern that uh, we need to build upon uh, the Alton Sterling situation mm -hmm. and make a determination that we're going to have true police reform Correct. Uh, in the Baton Rouge Police Department. Uh, that uh, situations where police officers can serve this community but live out of this community, live as far away yeah. as Mississippi in some cases, yeah. and uh, taking those police and, and cars take those home vehicles with home them. Yeah. with them to Mississippi. Uh, situations where uh, police officers uh, are not subject to some kind of civilian review yes. uh, when there is a police-involved shooting. Correct. Uh, uh, situations where there, there is no such thing as true community policing yeah. uh, in this department. Uh, I, I'm just concerned that, that, that they, they have not done enough at this point yes. to be rewarded with uh, this tax renewal. Yeah. So I, I voted no on that. Let me expand from, from that and ask you a, a, a different question that gets back to the church and, okay. and, 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 and these events. There was a time, I grew up in a preacher's house. I, I'm, I'm, I'm the son of a preacher. Yes, there, there was a time when situations like this, when they came up within the community, uh, Community leadership sought out church leadership. Yes, sir. Uh, and and went to churches and to pastors. Yes. And talked to them uh, to try to get information from them to help them to form the plans that would then be put out into yes. the community. Yes. I don't see that happening today uh, in, in in this time as it did in times past. Yes. Is that your feeling also? And if so, what, what do you think that, that says? I think that's why we're in the shape that we're in today as a community, uh, because the church has somehow either been forced to take a back seat or we've just agreed to sit down and to not be involved and to not be the leaders in our community. And I believe that's what God calls us to uh, as pastors and certainly as Christians to be out front, uh, not to allow others, uh, our civil rights movement. As a matter of fact, the black church, uh, its very foundation was fighting for justice. Yes. Its very foundation was fighting for freedom. Its, its, its very foundation was speaking for the least of them. And somehow along the way, we've lost that. 
somehow we're, we're preaching prosperity and we're pre preaching worship and praise and worship and praise of God is extremely important. Yes. But where's our works? Yes. You know, where, where, where is it? And why is our community in the shape that it's in? I believe that it is not only uh, our, our place, but our rightful place to be up front. Uh, somewhere after the civil rights movement, we were told, well, hey, you know, we've got laws now. We've got attorneys to fight our battles now. We, we, we're, we're in. We've got our foot in the door now. And everything that we fought for, our ancestors fought for, those who went before us, we're losing it. The church was out front and we gained. Right. The church is now taking a back seat and we're losing it all. Yeah. Uh, I just believe that the only way that we're going to have proper change, and, and, and I just believe in God's word. Uh, he says to us that upon this rock, the very first thing he said about his church is, I'm going to build my church. Yes. And the very gates of hell are not going to prevail against it. Yes. He's given us the authority. He says, look, I'm giving you the keys to heaven. And whatever you loose on earth is going to be loosed in the earth. Whatever you bind on earth is going to be, going to be bound in heaven. So when we realize the power that we have as a church, mm -hmm. especially our leaders, mm -hmm. uh, and we're not divided and, and some are being pulled this way and pulled that way, mm -hmm. but we will all fight for a righteous cause, mm -hmm. which is for God's justice uh, to roll down into the streets of our community, I think then we'll be successful. And our situation is because the church has taken a backseat. Pastors have taken a backseat and pastors have, and, and, and not all, but you know, the majority. Mm -hmm. It's troubling. Uh, uh, we used to have vehicles uh, that we automatically turned to mm -hmm. when a situation arose. Uh, our members came to the pastor. If it got too big for the pastor, the pastor turned to the association. Yes. And we looked for help there. If it got too big for the association, we looked to the that's state right, that's convention. That's right, the national level. Yeah, that's uh, where you went. We can't do that today. Or, or, or we, we have become distrustful. Yes. Of, of, of that process. And I'm not one of those people who longs for the good old days because what I find <laughs> is, is that the good old days weren't always yeah, yeah. That good. Uh, however, I do think that uh, we need to recover some of the authority yes. uh, within our community uh, that has been lost, and, and we need to declare it uh, to the larger community. That's right. Uh, and then we have to be judicious with the use of the authority uh, that is ceded to us. And, you know, I recognize we're, we're Baptist folk. Ba mm -hmm. Baptists are not top down. We're bottom up. Yeah. We, yeah. We, we, we receive our authority from the membership. That's right. And, and, and our trust is built into how we use That's right. the trust that has been given to us, the, right. the, the authority that has been given to us. And if we're not using it correctly, people will look for other venues. That's it. And more often than not, I, I perceive that people are looking away from the church to find leadership. Mm -hmm. uh, I also think that a lot of that has to do with, with the ever-expanding secularization mm. of succeeding generations of black people. Yes. Not everybody goes to church. Correct. <laughs> yeah, Correct. I, I, I was on uh, uh, Constable Reginald Brown's radio broadcast six months mm -hmm. ago, seven months ago. And one of the points that I made then is not everybody 
listens to me. I'm a I'm a black Baptist preacher, and yes, and there are folk in the in the black community who don't go to church. Yes, and they don't care what the preacher <laughs> has to say. Yes, I say that to say that pastors have to be open to the reality there that are. there are leaders within our community yes. now that don't don pulpits on Sunday right. morning. And we can't just be dismissive of them. And we certainly can't be negative toward them simply because they're not reverend Correct. Or, or, or pastor or elder. We have to find ways to draw lines of communication with them and, and build bridges where we work cooperatively with one another, despite the fact that we don't all share the same religious yeah. background. Yeah. I didn't grow up in a pastor's home, but I grew up in a, a home where my mother and stepfather said, uh, every time the church doors open, you all, my siblings, y'all going to be there. Yes. And I mean, I, I can just think back just yesterday and I laugh at it now how we'd be walking up America Street or up Louisiana on our way to New Sunlight and the other kids are playing football and whatever. Right. And they're like, there go them flowers, kids. <laughs> going to church, you know, and they would laugh wow. at us. We came up in church and, you know, it, it wasn't all of the kids, most of the kids in, in the community in which I grew up in. We went to church. You know, if if your parents didn't go, they made sure that you went. Right. We were there at Sunday school. We were there for worship. We don't have that anymore. Right. Uh, well, I should say it's not as large as it, as it yes. once was. And we've got a lot of folks staying home uh, and they're staying home. And like you say, there are folks in the community who they're listening to, which we need to form partnerships with because they are they, they have a leadership role to play uh, and they can be very positive in that role. Yes. Or uh, they can be detrimental in that role. Yes. Uh, so we as a church again, and, and I think it's incumbent upon us to reach out, not not to have them come to us right. and kiss the ring. But we've got to reach out to them and let them know, you know, that, that we're here. Not just in this community, but we are a part of this community. Yes. We want to be good neighbors. We, we, we want to be here to ensure that this community is vibrant, that this community uh, has the resources that it needs, that the people in this community are able to, to move forward uh, as one and, and, and to live wonderful lives. But it's got to be, like you say, a partnership, community, our leaders, our churches, uh, and then we can pull the government in and whatever else we need. But it starts with us. Yes, and, and that's that's where the that's where the real work is for the church to reach out to the community, to reach out to folks who are unchurched and to let them know it's, it's not about your clothes. It, it, it's not about uh, you being able to quote scripture or being able to know every hymn that we sing in the church, but it's about relationship. Right. And that relationship oftentimes starts outside of the walls of the church and then works its way in. Yeah. We got to go out and get them, bring them in, and then we can work as one. And those that refuse to come in, we got to work with them. Yes. And, and, and work extremely hard with them to let them know that we're, we're still here, uh, we're still ready to work, and there's still a relationship that needs to be formed. One of the concerns that, that, that I have uh, as I talk to colleagues of mine is there exists, I think, among many of my colleagues, a dismissive uh, attitude toward younger people, yes, uh, toward younger African Americans. They're not as involved. Mm -hmm. They're not as informed. They're not as motivated. Yes. And when they are motivated, it's usually in destructive ways rather than constructive <laughs> yes. ways. Uh, last time uh, 
we did this podcast, I had Latangela Sherman here. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that she pointed out to me is uh, that we are missing out on how informed young people oh. actually are. <laughs> and, and she was talking about yes. third graders who, who voiced intelligent and thoughtful opinions about uh, guns yes. in schools and, and, and about uh, arming police officers to, uh, you know, as, as yes. President Trump has suggested, if, if we arm all police officers, yes. then we yes. won't have these school shootings. Yeah. And, yeah, the teachers, and, yeah. And, and, yeah. and she said that third graders recognize <laughs> how ridiculous <laughs> such an idea was. Yes. Uh, so I'm asking you now to put on your hat as director of the Baptist Students Center of Southern University. You, I'm yes. sure you have a lot of contact with young adults, young yes. African-Americans on the campus. Yes. What are your thoughts regarding the, the level of information and involvement mm-hmm. uh, that exists with, with African-American young people today? And again, I think we have to reach out to them and find them where they are. Uh, one of the mistakes that we make, and I think we make it, my belief is that we make it across the board. When we talk about our young people and we point the finger at them, mm-hmm. problem is not them. Problem is us. Mm-hmm. Well, these kids today, no, it's not them, it's their parents. Mm-hmm. They're only going to do what their parents allow them to get away with. And mm-hmm. we as their parents are allowing them to do things that our parents would not have ever allowed us to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, we, we've got to recognize that the problem is not with them, it's with us. Uh, my contact with young people on, on Southern's campus, uh, very uh, knowledgeable, uh, very uh, uh, informed. The, these young people uh, know what's going on in our community, uh, and they some of them really want to be involved, some are involved, uh, but some are, are, are waiting at this young age for someone else to lead me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they really want to be led, mm-hmm. but they're looking for people who are authentic. And let me tell you, young people, and I'm sure you know, young people can, can see through. Oh, absolutely. They can peep your game, as yeah, they say, absolutely. real quick. Yeah. And when they see that you're not sincere, when, when they see that you're running a game on them, they are not going to hang around. They're out the door, and they're not coming back. And, and we've got to realize that. So if we're going to try and connect with them, it's got to be authentic. Mm-hmm. It can't be for self-serving reasons, but it's got to be really a concern, a genuine concern for them, and allow them to take the lead sometimes. We don't always have to be up front. Right. Sometimes we just have to be that, that, that wind beneath their wings. Right. You know, I've, I've seen situations where uh, adults – want to jump out front, you know, when the cameras are around, they want to be seen and whatnot. Allow these young people to take the lead. Allow Mm -hmm. them and just be there to support, be there to give advice, be there to encourage them. We don't have to always be up front, but we've got to be there to support them in their efforts. This question came to my mind as you were uh, talking. Uh, There's a Baptist Student Center up there. There's a Methodist Center up there. There's a Catholic Center up at Southern University. Uh, Is there any relationship that exists between uh, those offices no. uh, do, do, do you all work cooperatively no no and that's and that's and now that you say that I mean that's that's my fault as a director uh, and I need to reach out uh, to now I, I have spoken with the young lady uh, who runs the, the Methodist Center she mm-hmm. and I've had some conversation and talked about doing some things we just have hadn't done them 
Uh, I have no idea who the director of the Catholic uh, Center is. I think it's the Martin Luther King Catholic Center. Right. I'm going to have to reach out to that person because you're right. There's some things. There's also another group uh, of, of Baptists uh, with the Southern Baptists. They're also on Southern's campus. Okay. And we've had some communication and we've, we've done some things together. But we all need to work together to ensure that our, our students uh, have a firm foundation and to ensure that they know that there's a place where, where they can come. And that's what the Baptist Student Center is. We want them to know that we're a place where they can come uh, for comfort. We're a place that they can come for direction. We're a place they can come just to get away, you know, and study. Right. Uh, come over, free Wi-Fi and things of that nature. But we want them to know that, you know, we want to make sure that their foundation is strong. Right. And, and, that, and that's what we're here for. School tax, April 28th, Proposition 1, 2, and three, one having to do with facilities, two with discipline and truancy, three with uh, pay raises, uh, millage for the police department. Uh, it's called a renewal, but mm -hmm. it's actually the first time that it's being brought before the people. Any final thoughts that you want to share with us about that? No on Proposition 1. No on Proposition 1. No on Proposition 1, <laughs> yes on Proposition 3, and yes on Proposition 3. We've got to support our teachers. Let's get out and vote. Get out and vote. Uh, let me say this. When we talk about our president, he's the president of these United States because he woke up what he calls the silent majority in our country. Right. Well, guess who's the silent majority in the city of Baton Rouge? Folks who look like us. Yes. If we can get out and vote, and we can defeat where we need to defeat and promote where we need to promote, then we can take control of our city. So, yes, no on one, yes on two, yes on three. Uh, and, and, and we're wishing everybody a wonderful week. Get out to the polls. Please vote. Uh, bring others out to vote. It's, it's extremely important. Our ancestors, and I keep saying ancestors, but just our forefathers, just a generation ago, you know, uh, my father and, and my mother, they there was a time when they could not vote. Right. You know, it, it only came about when with, with the voting rights, uh, uh, with, with, through, through the civil rights legislation and some other things that opened some doors for them. So let's recognize this was not a hundred years ago. Yes. It's, it's in our lifetime that these things have happened. So let's get out and vote, vote, vote. Thank you so much, Pastor, for coming back this thank way you, and sir. sharing with us. And thank you for viewing and or listening to the Thrive Podcast. We'll be back again next week.